Hello and welcome to another episode of the Thriving Metabolism, where we discuss everything that impacts your hormones and metabolism so that you can take control, repair the damage and lose weight consistently without making yourself miserable in the process. It's my mission to empower you so that you and your metabolism thrives and you never have to go through diet misery again. I'm Louise Digby, registered nutritional therapist, weight loss expert and founder of the Nourish Method to Lasting Fat Loss. In this episode, we're going to be talking about autoimmunity. And we come across autoimmune conditions fairly regularly in the Nourish Method when we're working with our clients who are trying to lose weight. And the term autoimmunity may be new to some of you, or you might be thinking, and this doesn't apply to me, but autoimmune conditions are really, really common and they're becoming more and more common as well. And also more and more conditions that we've known about for a long time are being reclassified as autoimmune conditions. So it's really important topic to talk about and one that I've not really touched on in previous episodes. I think a lot of my listeners will have some familiarity with autoimmunity because they will have heard of conditions like Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is a really, really common cause of underactive thyroid. Conditions like celiac disease is autoimmune. Conditions like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, uh, Raynaud's, Scurgeon's, which is one that I never know if I'm pronouncing properly, um, which is dry eyes, um, alopecia, lupus. There is a huge long list. Um, and I wanted to talk about this because these are often things that can contribute to stubborn weight, can make weight loss more challenging, or can develop as a result of some of the underlying issues and imbalances that can also cause stubborn weight. And one thing that isn't talked about much when when people talk about autoimmunity is the root cause. You know, we're kind of just told that there can be a genetic predisposition um, to autoimmune conditions, but what's often ignored is that there are a set of environmental factors or um, kind of circumstances, imbalances that can set you up to have a greater predisposition for autoimmune issues. So if you're someone who has autoimmune issues in your family, or perhaps you know a lot of people that have autoimmune issues and you want to try and prevent them, or if you already have some autoimmune stuff going on and you want to reverse the damage and uh, kind of put that into remission, then that is absolutely achievable and you are in the right place. So let's start off with what autoimmunity actually is. So you've probably heard of immunity, which is where your immune system protects you from bugs and viruses and kind of the outside world. Autoimmunity is where your immune system attacks your own tissues. So you, your immune system will produce cells that will basically attack and uh, try to destroy your own tissues. And when I say tissues, that could mean your thyroid, it could mean your gut lining, it could mean any part of your body. So that sounds really scary, doesn't it? Um, but the thing to 
be aware of is that there's always a trigger there's always an underlying cause so if that's happening then we're just got to get to that underlying cause and figure out what it is that's causing it what it is that's triggering that autoimmune issue so to give you a more detailed example in Hashimoto's thyroiditis um, the immune system is triggered by something and that makes you produce more antibodies more thyroid antibodies and the antibodies again you might have heard of those before we produce antibodies to protect us from bugs and viruses um, but your body can produce those antibodies in resistance to your own body so if you produce thyroid antibodies then whenever you're exposed to whatever the trigger is then your immune system will direct those antibodies to your own tissues to your thyroid in this example and damage the thyroid to try and suppress its function to try and stop it from um, over functioning or to try and reduce its function in some way so these autoimmune diseases often have far-reaching consequences for a woman's overall health one of the central concerns when dealing with autoimmune conditions is the effect they have on your metabolism chronic inflammation is a common consequence of autoimmunity and that can slow down your metabolism and add to this that hormonal imbalances especially with hormones like thyroid insulin and cortisol they can make the task of shedding excess weight an uphill battle for women grappling with autoimmune conditions now if you've listened to any of my previous episodes you'll know that balancing your hormones is really really important when it comes to shedding excess weight and one of the key areas that gets impacted in many autoimmune issues is your hormone function and remember when i'm talking about hormones i'm talking about many different hormone sets like the thyroid Uh, hormones the blood sugar hormones the stress hormones the sex hormones and on and on it goes so autoimmunity is something that can make it really more, more difficult to lose weight because of the impact it has on your hormones but also because of this chronic inflammation that i was talking about as well inflammation is something that can disrupt your hormones too and that can be caused by the autoimmunity as well so in many different ways the autoimmune issues can impact how you store and release fat now nutrition plays a pivotal role in managing autoimmune issues and the first place to start is adopting an anti-inflammatory diet this can significantly impact the management of your symptoms and focusing on nutrient dense foods is key as well something that i see in a lot of people trying to lose weight is people who have macronutrient rich diets that are micronutrient poor and what that means is people who are focusing on the macronutrients the big nutrients as in focusing on their protein and their carbs getting the protein and their carbs right but they're ignoring the micronutrients which are the vitamins the minerals the antioxidants the polyphenols the fiber 
So we need to be making sure that not only is our diet macronutrient rich, but also micronutrient rich. So we need to be choosing foods that are rich in nutrients. That is absolutely key when it comes to addressing autoimmune issues because antioxidants help to repair. They go around your body repairing and helping to counter the damage that comes from inflammation and toxins and various other things. So focusing on nutrient-dense foods is key. And really what that looks like is incorporating a wealth of fruits, vegetables, herbs, spices, and nuts and seeds and various other plant-based foods, um, processed plant-based foods, I should say, into your diet, as well as lean proteins into your diet daily. This not only supports your weight loss, but also aids in controlling these autoimmune symptoms. Now, an absolutely massive part of addressing and managing autoimmune issues is looking at gut health. Now, this is not just because some of the most common autoimmune issues are gut-based, like celiac disease and Crohn's disease. No, even if your autoimmune issue is a thyroid issue or a joint issue, like rheumatoid arthritis, for example, whatever, wherever the autoimmunity is manifesting, the likelihood is it is linked to the gut, if not stemming from the gut in one way or another. The gut immunity connection is a really powerful one and a healthy gut can play a critical role in managing those autoimmune issues. The way that autoimmunity can stem from the gut is, well, there's a few different ways. There are certain types of bacteria that have been linked to a uh, kind of higher predisposition of developing autoimmune issues. So it's possible that the balance of your bacteria in your gut could be predisposing you to autoimmune issues. Uh, And that's because of how they stimulate the immune system and cause inflammation. And then also there's leaky gut or the proper name for it is intestinal hyperpermeability. So leaky gut is where the gut lining is supposed to be permeable, okay? It's supposed to be a bit like a sieve where it allows your well-digested foods through into your system, into circulation, um, so that you can get your, your fuel and your nutrients from your food into the cells and the tissues where it all needs to be. So that's what's supposed to happen. Your gut lining is supposed to be like a sieve that allows those things through. In leaky gut, the gut lining becomes like a sieve that's got damage to it. It's like a sieve that's got some of the wire um, broken and the holes are bigger. So it allows through more than just what it should do. And often what it's allowing through are things like bacteria, yeasts, toxins, maybe things that your body has detoxed and sent out for elimination, but you are potentially reabsorbing, like hormones, um, and also partially digested foods, foods that haven't been fully broken down. And so when these things 
that shouldn't be in circulation, the things that should have stayed in your gut, when they get into circulation, that sets your immune system to red alert. You know, your immune system is like the army. We've got different types of uh, different types of responses that we can have to invaders. And so your body will send out the appropriate response to address this foreign body. But sometimes what can happen is these things, the bacteria, the, the partially digested foods, whatever it is, they can have a similar structure to some of our tissues. And so when your body is attacking, let's say that bit of gluten that has come through into circulation, at the same time, it's going to attack your tissues, whether that's your thyroid or your joints or whatever it might be. And I use gluten as an example because it is a common trigger. That's not to say that it's always a problem in autoimmunity, but in many, many cases it is. And it's because it's a type of protein that we really struggle to digest. Pretty much no one can digest gluten. For some people that doesn't cause an issue, it just passes right through. For others, it can cause a lot of inflammation, it can stimulate their immune system, and it can trigger an autoimmune reaction. So that can be the result of leaky gut. Now, that means a few things. It means that we need to be careful about what we're putting into our bodies. We need to be ensuring that we're digesting it properly. And there's lots of things that go into that, like making sure you're chewing your food properly, making sure you're eating in a rested state. So you're not rushing your food down, eating on the go, eating at your desk, but instead where possible, taking your time to chew your food and, you know, giving your body that um, space to digest your food. Um, Looking after our gut bacteria is a big part of this as well. And one of the simplest things you can do to look after your gut bacteria is make sure that you have a wide range of foods, a a wide range of plant-based foods, colorful foods, fibrous foods to keep your gut bacteria nice and diverse which is going to help to minimize the likelihood of developing something like leaky gut. So those are some simple things that we can do to try and keep our guts happy and not only keep them happy but move them from a state of inflammation and leakiness and imbalanced bacteria back to a more balanced uh, equilibrium. Now, stress management is another thing that is absolutely critical for someone who is managing autoimmune issues or trying to prevent them. Chronic stress can really amplify autoimmune symptoms and contribute to weight gain as well. So it's really imperative to address stress as part of your weight loss plan or as part of your autoimmune management plan. And implementing stress management techniques like mindfulness, yoga, and meditation can be really transformative in helping you to regain balance. I myself have in the past experienced Hashimoto's, um, which is where you have raised antibodies uh, to your thyroid. And I tried lots of different things um, to 
get my antibody levels back down to a normal level. And all of those things contributed to putting that into remission. But all of the food things, uh, you know, avoiding gluten and dairy for a while, working on my gut health, eating inflammatory foods, none of that had the impact it should have had until I brought in the stress management side of things. So don't underestimate how important managing your stress is. You don't want to blame it all on stress. We need to look at things in a holistic way and work on multiple things, but it is a really big piece of the puzzle. Now, regular exercise is essential as well, but it should be approached with caution because For those with autoimmune issues, it's very easy to cause more inflammation and cause more problems if if we're not approaching it in the right way. So we really want to opt for low impact activities like walking, swimming and yoga and make sure that you listen to your body and its signals because overexertion can exacerbate autoimmune system symptoms and it's very easy to overexert yourself um, you know particularly if you're not used to doing exercise or if you're not giving yourself enough fuel if you're not eating enough it's very easy to be overdoing it on the exercise side of things and really exacerbate that those autoimmune responses and make your weight even more stubborn now the real path to success leads in personalization because Everyone who has an autoimmune issue or a predisposition is going to have a different collection of things that causes that predisposition or causes that autoimmunity. Now, we've spoken about stress, we've spoken about gut health, um, but there's other things that need to be factored in as well. You know, your medical history, like, you know, whether you've taken antibiotics in the past, whether you've been on the pill for a long time or any other medications, um, whether you've had trauma in your past, um, whether you've had dental work done that maybe uses mercury or maybe have you had root canal work done that hasn't fully addressed the underlying infection could you have hidden infections in your body that could be triggering autoimmunity so there's many many different things for us to think about when it comes to properly addressing autoimmune issues and every woman's experience is is unique and to navigate this intricate journey effectively you need to consult with a healthcare professional or holistic nutritionist who can craft a tailored plan to meet your specific needs the main takeaway here is that autoimmunity doesn't dictate your destiny with the right strategies and support you can achieve a healthy weight and manage autoimmune symptoms as well and live a fulfilled and balanced life. The autoimmune issues don't need to control you. That's not to say that it's an easy path, but it is possible and it is achievable to put autoimmune issues into remission. 
Okay, now it's time for my favorite fact of the week. And this one is not so much a fact, but more an interesting research development. So researchers have found that you can monitor estrogen levels in sweat. So they are working on developing a a patch or a device of some sort so that estrogen levels can be monitored more closely on a on a day-to-day basis as opposed to on a month-by-month basis when you're having some sort of hormone therapy you know for women who are trying to conceive or for women who are trying to get the HRT in the right balance it can be an incredibly frustrating process because you have to test your hormones on the right day or if you are perimenopausal menopausal there is no right day because everything's all over the place. So you don't really know what you're looking at and you only get them checked. Well, you're lucky if it's once a month, it's more like every three months to six months. So you're really guessing and playing around with your HRT to find that right balance. So I was really excited when I saw this study pop up because this is going to be a game changer for so many women who are struggling with getting their hormone levels right and truly understanding what their hormones are doing. And this is really building on wearable technology. You know, we've had things like Fitbits for years. We've had these blood continuous blood glucose monitors in the past few years, which are becoming more and more popular and and helping us more and more with understanding what what needs to be done to help each individual manage their blood sugars and i'm really excited to see more and more technology coming out in the form of wearable devices that can help us to monitor things more closely and really take control of our own health so I think this is going to be a little way off. You know, you're not going to be seeing it uh, in the shops this year, certainly not this year, probably not next year, but it's good to know that it's in development. And um, from the sounds of it, from this research study, there's lots of other things that they're looking at, you know, being able to measure in wearable technology. So my hope for the future is that things like our Fitbits or these continuous glucose monitors will be able to tell us a whole host of information that helps us to really take control of what we do and really understand how food and sleep and stress and exercise impacts us. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you'd like to talk to me about anything that I've discussed in this episode, you can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok by searching at Louise Digby Nutrition. If you're enjoying this podcast, please head to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe, and I'd be so grateful if you left a review. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.